Lecture topic: The wealth of knowledge. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillahi wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi al-nadin astafa. Amma baadu faaudu billahi min al-shaytan al-rajim. Bismillahi al-Rahman al-Rahim. Qul hal yastawi al-ladin ya'lamun wa al-ladin la ya'lamun. Inna yatadakkar ulu al-albab. وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم اغنني بالعلم وزينني بالحلم واكرمني بالتقوى وجملني بالعافيه او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم موسوس فكر علماء الكرام وزنالس very concise dua that rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam made among the many many duas and all these duas are taaleem and lessons for us so the dua that nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam made which was recited just now there are three four things that have been asked for in this the first is allahumma aghnini bil ilm allah grant me the wealth of ilm make me wealthy with ilm with knowledge especially in the time that we are currently in and as we keep witnessing every day the number of people who just suddenly leave us this should be a reminder to us that when our time comes are we ready to leave and what is the wealth that we have acquired and gathered for that moment the wealth in terms of the material things So whoever has gone to the next realm, has gone to their cover, has gone to akhirat, nobody has taken anything along, neither are we going to take anything along. Whatever material possessions, whatever wealth a person has accumulated and amassed in terms of dunya, all that will remain behind. But what will go along with him is what preparations he has made for his akhirat. And in order to make the correct preparations for akhirat, then correct ilm is, is indispensable a person cannot prepare for his akhirat without ilm in order to prepare for his akhirat he has to be performing his five times salah with jama'ah his five daily salah which is compulsory upon him in order to fulfill that five daily salah he has to be in the correct state of taharat his taharat must be in order his taharat is not in order his salah is not valid in order to know what is the proper manner of acquiring the taharat and purification how is he going to do it without even the basic fundamental knowledge of deen and then to perform that salah correctly he needs knowledge and then all the other obligations of deen and then he doesn't finish off with just ibadat that how does a person perform his salah fast in the month of ramadan and how does he discharge his zakat what is the manner of calculating that zakat correctly and who does he discharge it to and if a person hajj becomes compulsory upon him then to perform that hajj and how to perform it deen doesn't finish off with that these are the fundamentals these are the pillars of islam but deen is far more beyond this as well deen includes how does a person conduct his transactions and allah forbid if a person is not careful about how he conducted his transactions in the correct manner and he is not careful about what is halal what is haram 
and staying away far from whatever is impermissible, then that income of his will be contaminated with haram because of the lack of knowledge of him. Sometimes it's sheer carelessness, sometimes it's just lack of any conscience that a person is not concerned what is halal, what is haram, even knows what is haram. But because there's a lot to be earned materially, the person is not concerned. And sometimes it's just a lack of knowledge. What I'm doing, is it right or wrong? And a person is indulging in transactions which are clearly haram, which is interest. Somebody gave it some other name. Whatever the infringement of deen is involved in it, as a result of which that income is now contaminated. And now what he's consuming, what he's filling the bellies of his family with, is haram. And that haram, even if it is done without realizing that it's haram, it's still going to have an impact. Like a person eating poison. He doesn't realize it's poisonous. That substance that he's putting into his mouth, he didn't know it's poison. But the poison is going to do its job. His lack of realization that it is poison is not going to take the effect away. So likewise, that haram that enters the belly is going to cause it harm. It's going to corrupt the mind and heart. It's going to corrupt that mind and heart of the child. So therefore, the very essential thing is knowledge about how we conduct our transactions. Knowledge how to live our lives correctly with our families, with people around us. The knowledge of correct muasharat, social life. Otherwise, our person in dunya feels, I've earned a lot, I've amassed a lot, I've made a lot. But Allah forbid, by the time we get to the cover, we realize we lost a lot. Why we lost a lot? Because how we were conducting ourselves. What kind of transactions we conducted ourselves in, in engaged ourselves in. What kind of muasharat and social life, how we conducted ourselves in our homes, in our community, with our neighbors, with one and all. We realize now only Allah forbid that it's a very great loss. So the very, very essential thing, Nabi Islam is teaching us in this dua to ask Allah Ta'ala for this wealth of knowledge. And not to just finish off with asking, but then to take the active steps to acquire it. Now one is our little children. That is when the process of knowledge starts off from the time that they are still just beginning to understand. Informally we start teaching them what is the correct adab and etiquette. And as they grow up we teach them the more finer details of things. And this is where the importance of that primary maktab comes in. That where we send our children to learn the fundamentals of deen. There have been incidents where a person passed away and his grown up sons, others are standing around and they don't know what to do in terms of the janaza salah. They couldn't perform the janaza salah of their own father. But then sometimes the fault, where does it lie, we need to reflect. That those children were never sent to learn deen. They were never sent to acquire the basics of deen. Now the time came to be performing the janaza salah of their own father, they didn't know what to do. In that last moment somebody told them something, whether they understood, didn't understand, whether they did anything right or wrong, Allah knows. So if they didn't even know how to perform the janaza salah of their father, after that father has passed on, what Quran Sharif they going to recite and send sawab to him? What do they know about the virtue of sadaqah jariya for that deceased parent? Now this is the issue of knowledge, the wealth of knowledge. When the person has acquired the wealth of knowledge, that wealth is going to be really appreciated when the eyes close. 
Now in dunya a person will be looking around, okay what knowledge of dunya that the person acquired and that is what's given the prior importance, that is what's given the very high degree of respect. But if one has to compare what is the value of dini knowledge to the information of dunya, then there is no comparison. Something that has a very limited benefit, provided it's used correctly in dunya, and something that will carry its benefit to the cover and will take a person to the day of Qiyamah and help him on that day and will inshallah pave the path for him to Jannah which is the everlasting place of enjoyment and peace and bliss how can this limited benefit ever compare to something that has infinite benefit if a person is trying to compare one cent to a billion rands he can't even find out the fraction one cent to a billion rands but that example also can't compare here because this is something infinite we're trying to compare it to something that is of very limited benefit so while this is in its place for the need of dunya for the need of dunya a person has within the limits of shariat acquired some skill no problem and he's using it correctly he's using it to acquire his halal risk and he's using it to help others alhamdulillah but it has a very limited benefit and the knowledge of deen provided a person then acquired that knowledge, correct knowledge and he acted according to it and that will help him in his cover, that's the wealth that will be of benefit to him on the day of Qiyamah and that will pave his way to Jannah so while to acquire that knowledge for ourselves is extremely important we should ensure that our children not just are going and coming that full support should be given from the home to ensure that that child is learning what is being taught to him also the child is practicing on what is being taught to him then that knowledge is going to be beneficial for him and for us so this is a very very crucial thing this is the beginning of the academic year and in whatever the issues are that surround us many people are just taking it for granted that that child now just keep him behind now he's fine we'll see some other time but the child is going to school the child is doing other things and the knowledge of deen is just being put on the side this is a very very great tragedy this should be given its highest priority in the child's life and in our life we should be checking what we have learned and how much we have learned and how much we are practicing on what we have learned so in any case this is the first aspect that is mentioned in this dua of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Allahumma aghnini bil ilm Ya Allah grant me, make me wealthy with ilm and there's so many other duas the dua in the Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala gives Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa this instruction, this command and by this is commanded to Rasulullah Allah Ta'ala is giving us the message that if I am commanding my Nabi with this how much you need to do it Allah's Nabi was on the peak of knowledge that yet Allah Ta'ala says to him you make dua for increase in knowledge Nabi knowledge the whole mankind put together they can't come to a fraction of the knowledge Allah Ta'ala blessed him with Yet he is being asked to ask for an increase in knowledge. So this is a lesson for us. How much we have to check. Sometimes we will find, we will get a shock. We didn't know some basic masail of salah maybe. And our salah wasn't in order. Some basic masail of taharat sometimes. Some other essentials of deen. So this knowledge, this is the true wealth. Allahumma aghnini bil ilm. Then Nabi Islam says, Zayinni bil ilm. Ya Allah, beautify me, adorn me with hilm with tolerance this is true adornment 
People adorn themselves with all kinds of material things. Person wants to adorn himself with what kind of clothing he wears and what kind of brand label he can flash and other trimmings and trappings. But the real adornment is akhlaq. What kind of akhlaq a person has? And among the very, very great aspects of akhlaq, every aspect of akhlaq is very great. But among the highlights of akhlaq, Tolerance. Rasulullah lived this example for us. So many incidents in his Mubarak life, every moment of his Mubarak life. We know the various incidents of Taif. What happened to Rasulullah on that occasion? How was he treated and pelted with stones? And how was he spoken to in the most abrupt and rude manner? Chased out of the town and pelted with stones from head to toe. And in that pitiful condition, when now he is being given the opportunity that if you want, you curse these people, they'll be destroyed. These two mountains will be closed down upon them. But the tolerance Nabi Islam showed on that occasion also. That if these people do not accept Iman, somebody in their progeny will come. I'm not cursing them. At that very, very difficult moment, subjected to such brutality, but even in that moment, Nabi Sallallahu tolerance. Uh, Tufail ibn Amr Dosi radiallahu ta'ala comes and he says, my people, these people had now rejected so long and they were stubborn and obstinate in their way, not prepared to come close and giving him a very, very difficult time and becoming an obstacle in deen, comes to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, curse these people now, his own community. Nabi Sallallahu raises his hand, Allahumma hdi dawsan wa'ti bihim. Ya Allah, you guide the people of those. He said, this is now come to a head. This is now reach his peak. Their obstinacy and their stubbornness and their going in all kinds of evil. Make baddua for them, curse them. Nabi Islam, the hands raised up. Allahumma hadi those. Ya Allah, you guide them. Ya Allah, you bring them and come. And in a short time, this du'a's effect came. They came. They came and accepted iman. So many incidents in the midst of the battlefield, Nabi Islam is injured and his Mubarak teeth is made shaheed and he's bleeding. And somebody comes and says, Make baddua on these people who have hurt you in this way. But Nabi Islam's response is that Lam I have not been sent as a person who curses everybody. Allahumma hadi qawmi fa'innahum la ya'lamun. Allah, you guide my people, they don't know. They don't have idea what they're doing. As a result, they're doing what they're doing. Allah, you guide them. Now, these are just some few examples of the kind of tolerance Rasulullah displayed in his Mubarak life. His whole life was filled with it. Ma daraba imra'atan wala khadiman qattu. He never ever hit any woman, never ever hit any servant, and he never ever said oof to any servant once. This was as a result of his very high level of tolerance. This is that level, this tolerance is being taught to us. And this is a true adornment. There's so much more in all this. This entire dua is filled with so many lessons. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give us a tawfiq. This aspect of knowledge is what we need to, we need to acquire this knowledge, acquire this helm. And the last two aspects mentioned in this is what akrimni with taqwa. Allah you grant me izzat, grant me respect by means of taqwa. This is respect. Respect doesn't come from other things. Respect and honor in the sight of Allah Ta'ala is only inna akramakum indallahi atqaakum 
the most honorable among you in the sight of Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala says, Atqafum, the one who has the greatest amount of taqwa, who fears Allah Ta'ala more. Other things don't bring respect. It's just maybe on the surface people might respect somebody for the manner in which he perhaps uh, shows his authority or sometimes a person because of his wealth or because of his worldly position. But if taqwa is missing, then that's all just surface. Once that situation has passed behind the person's back, Allah knows that's what goes on. But if there is true taqwa, then in the eyes of people also Allah Ta'ala grants respect, but that is nothing in reality. In reality is in the court of Allah Ta'ala the person gains respect. On the day of Qiyamah Allah will grant him respect. Allah will grant him the higher honorable positions of Jannah. So, inna akramakum indallahi atqakum. Respect is not based on color, not based on language, not based on wealth, not based on worldly position. Respect is based on deen and the person who has greater steadfastness on deen, greater taqwa and consciousness of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala, person who is staying away from sin, staying away from haram, that is the person who is most honorable in the sight of Allah And that is the person who is closest to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. إِنَّ أَوْلَ النَّاسِ بِي الْمُتَّقُونَ مَنْ كَانُوا وَحِيثُكَ The people closest to me, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, are the people who have taqwa, whoever it might be, wherever they may be. So this is the prescription of gaining the closeness to Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and gaining honor and position in the court of Allah Tabarak Wa And finally, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, وَجَمْ بِلْنِي بِالْعَافِيَةِ Ya Allah, you grant me this beauty of afiyat, afiyat safety from all difficulties, hardships, calamities, challenges, Afiyat in deen. Allahumma inna nasaluka al-afwa wal-afiyah. Fi deen wa dunya wal-akhirah. Nabi Salaam's dua, Ya Allah grant us forgiveness and afiyat, safety in our deen, that we don't get challenged in our deen. This is the biggest challenge. A person gets challenged in dunya, dunya is dunya, dunya is a place of challenges. And if he deals with that challenge in the correct way, he turns to Allah tabarak wa ta'ala. He gets closer to Allah Ta'ala. He makes sincere tawbah, istighfar, and he makes sabr on that. Dunya is after all a place of challenge. But that becomes a means of his getting very much closer to Allah Ta'ala. And it raises his position and status in the court of Allah Ta'ala. And what he couldn't even achieve with his amal, that rank and position because of the weakness of his amal, Allah Ta'ala grants him that rank and position through that sabr that he made on that challenge that came in dunya. So the challenge in dunya is there, that is a reality. And Allah Ta'ala grants afiyat to one and all in this as well. But Allah forbid a person gets challenged in his deen. But now nafs and shaitan deviated him. That challenge is a very serious challenge. Challenge of dunya, a person responded in the way that deen has taught us. That becomes a means of great rahmat for him. But Allah forbid a person get challenged in his deen. That he responded, he, he got de- derailed and deviated by nafs and shaitan. Allah forbid that becomes the greatest calamity. That becomes a calamity in dunya. That becomes a calamity in qabr and in akhirat. Allah Ta'ala forbid and save us from that. So this is the greatest afiyat. Afiyat in deen. Therefore this is the top of the list. Allahumma inna nasaluka al-afwa wal-afiyah fi deeni wa dunya wa Allah in our deen grant us afiyat. In our dunya also. Ask for afiyat. Never ever ask for any challenge. Ask for afiyat in everything. Yalla grant us afiyat on the day of Qiyamah. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala bless us with this.